This is the Kona Edge, the home of Ironman triathletes who dream of qualifying for the World Championships on the Big Island. Welcome back on to yet another edition of the Kona Edge, and it's a very special festive edition with Christmas approaching this weekend. If you do celebrate uh, Merry Merry Christmas uh, to you and yours, I hope you have uh, a wonderful celebration. And uh, yeah, the podcasts keep coming right throughout the festive season. I hope you are enjoying them. And uh, today's is going to be no different. I get to share another incredible story. I, funnily enough, I get lots of emails in from people asking me to chat uh, to to people in older age groups. So we uh, try and keep the spread uh, as wide as possible. But uh, today we're going into one where I say the older age groups, it's as competitive, if not as, uh, if not more competitive uh, than the younger age groups. But uh, today's athlete is an absolute machine and she's got a pretty cool story to share as well. And uh, now, without further ado, let's get straight into it. And uh, it's a pleasure to welcome Sydney to Fort onto the podcast. Sydney, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Sydney, this is going to be uh, sort of published in, in a few weeks, but uh, as we're recording this today, it's Thanksgiving in, in the US, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to you, and, and, and thank you so much for, for chatting to me on a, on a day that I know is, is pretty special to, to most Americans. I really do appreciate it. Well, thank you. I um, have a little extra time today, so that was a perfect day for me <laughs> to talk with you. Sydney, I'm fascinated. You you obviously raced in Kona in, in 2016, and you were just telling me before we started recording, you, you've raced again subsequently in, in, in Arizona, at Ironman Arizona, and, and qualified again for the Big Island. Uh, two big races like that, six weeks apart, that's pretty impressive. How are you feeling? I'm feeling really good. I'm, I'm surprised by that as, as well. I went into that one uh, just kind of throwing my hat in the ring to see, to see what happened. I, I've never raced that close together, so I was... Um, trusting my coaches and and gave it a shot so I was really pleased with the outcome it's obviously worked is it something you you would suggest someone do if if they, they're in a, that sort of position well I think um since since I did it and and as I was getting ready to do it where I thought you know a lot of people said that's crazy and I said yeah I would have thought that's crazy too but I I was hearing in Arizona that a lot of the pros do the same thing is like using the fitness coming off of Kona and just kind of, um, you know, doing whatever workouts in between, but but using all that fitness where they gained going to Kona. So I think a lot of people do actually do that. Um, it wasn't something I would have thought of doing without my coach's encouragement. That That is incredible. And and I know for a lot of people as well, they, they feel they don't have too many full-distance Ironman races in their body in a year. Uh, for you, what would you say your max is? Like how, many, how many do you realistically think you could race hard in a year? Well, I think I think that's an interesting question because I think I've reached. <laughs> I've only I started doing Ironmans um, in Chattanooga in 2015, so just a little over a year ago. And so since Chattanooga 2015, I've done four, and that's the only four I've ever done in my life. I came from a marathoning world, so I just started um, triathlon. So I think four in like 13, 14 months is is. <laughs> probably as many as i want to. <laughs> i'm sure i'm hoping you're going to take some time off now particularly with uh with the, the thick of winter on its way are you are you taking a bit of a break what's the plan well the plan is um just going back to what we do here in the winter we do compu trainer so yeah i'm taking a break the next race isn't until oceanside in april so through the winter we do 
a lot of indoor biking and then running off the bike and treadmills and so a lot of indoor training but yeah much more of a break in terms of hours and training let's take a step back and 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 sort of dig a bit into to your athletic history and 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 where it all started for you mentioned a running background how long have have you have you been a runner have you been active like that all your life or is this is this something that's uh, come on come on in fairly recent times well, always active. I started dancing when I was two and did the dancing gymnastics thing all the way through high school. And then didn't do anything in college, but came back in the 80s, uh, where, of course, the aerobic scene was very big. So I was an aerobics instructor, went moved from there after I had my kids into running, just shorter distances, 5 and 10Ks. And then it wasn't until about 2000 um, that I started running marathons. And so over the course from 2000 to like 2000. 13, 14, I did 27 marathons. So that was kind of where I was, was the running. Um, and I, I decided to do a half Ironman that was just local here because I always have liked to bike on my off days. So I just had to learn to swim. <laughs> I got in the pool to see if I could actually swim a mile. So there we were good. <laughs> minor, minor details, the swim in a triathlon, isn't it? <laughs> that and then and then go from there so and that was just like uh like two and a half years ago so i just kind of moved into triathlon starting with a half and then got a coach and from there i've stayed with my same coach and my same team of coaches and and gone into half ironmans and, and full ironmans see that's incredible and, and i'm not going to give you age away I, i'm going to say that you are in the 60 to 64 age group so we can sort of work out from there but it, for me that's incredible that you, you you took up the sport of triathlon yes you come from a running background but you, you you've only been in the sport for a few years and, and and it's incredible what you've been able to achieve oh thank you yeah it's, it's um all new to me so every time i you know i'm always the one that's doubting myself and uh so every time I'm able to pull it off, I'm really always kind of really pleasantly surprised. What do your kids think of this? You know, they're in their 20s. And because they've always seen me either be running or doing something, they're, they're really the least interested. <laughs> I mean, it's not that they're not interested. It's just that they're not, uh, it's not surprised by it, I guess, because I'm always, you know, involved in something. So they, they don't say much. They congratulate me. Are they pretty active? Do they do they really comprehend and understand the magnitude physically of, of what it is that you do? Um, they are active, but not in triathlon. One of them has always been a snowboarder and works at one of our local ski resorts. Um, the other one in high school played football, lacrosse, uh, has always been into sports and works actually as a at a fitness center here. So, yeah, they are involved in different kinds of sports, but never... I don't know, not biking. Neither one of them, I don't think, could ever swim. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that wouldn't. <laughs> definitely not in the middle yeah, of winter. Not in, not in winter them. in Utah, they're definitely not. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't throw them in the water and hope that they survived at this point. But, um. <laughs> Sydney, as as far as running and taking up running with kids, it's... Uh, it's difficult. I, I know my wife, we've got three kids ourselves, and, and it's something that she struggles with, uh, and, and it's probably only in the last probably six months that we've, we've sort of got a handle of, of when we can do it and, and try and get training in around the kids, but it's, it's something a lot of women do struggle with. Yeah, you know, and that is what got me into it. That's when I switched was when my kids, they were 19 months apart, 
And um, so while one was in preschool, I had the other one in a jogging stroller. So I switched from teaching aerobics, which was harder because everybody has to juggle their schedules, to running the 5 and 10Ks because I just had a jogging stroller. And so my time, I had to work it out between working and and my son's preschool to I would go out and run and have the other one in a baby jogger. So that's kind of how I managed it through. And then my husband's always, you know, tried to help and and you know, do the handoff and try and figure it out as well. It, so, yeah, it is hard. When- it's important to have that support structure and, and, and the help in place to, to allow you to do it. Uh, otherwise, it just wouldn't be possible, would it? Exactly. It wouldn't be possible. You have to have someone because you can't just leave your kids, obviously. Sometimes you feel like you'd like to, but uh, you're definitely not allowed to. That's, uh, I think, is, is the rule. Exactly. Yeah, so that would be a good one. You, you took up running. Uh, obviously, it was to stay fit. Were you were you competitive when you started, or did, did, has that come sort of later on in your athletic career? No, no, that was kind of like the same thing with Ironmans. When I I had been like I said so active younger, but I hadn't been a runner. So the first one of my um, clients had encouraged me to come to a five k with her, and I actually won my age group and placed in the top um, 10. So it was a surprise to me that I was able to run, but I think it was just the the training that I'd been doing enabled me to, you know, switch over to running. So it was the 5Ks in the beginning. So I was um, pretty fast at that So and successful at that. So that encouraged me to move on into 10Ks and then on to the half marathons and, and, then, and then full marathons later in life. I couldn't train for the full marathons when my kids were little. There was just not that much time. Yeah, I mean, it is it is difficult, and that's obviously something my wife is struggling with now. She's got a couple of, of running goals. She's She she would love to, to do an Ironman or perhaps a half, but she's got some big running goals, and she wants to run a couple of ultras and, uh, next year, and, and that's something we're working towards. But it is a, a definite a definite juggle. Talk to me about the, the, the managing a career, being a mom, athletic. It's It's a lot of pressure on you, isn't it? It is. Um, when the kids were younger, that was the bigger thing. And I, and of course I went, you know, I went back to school and got my master's. So I was juggling the kids and school and working at the same time. So there wasn't a lot of intense training then just more the shorter distances. Um, as my kids have gotten older and need me less there, I, it's my career, uh, juggling training with a full-time career is, um, probably my biggest challenge so a lot of times it's mornings or it's lunchtime and it's night I'm often getting off the treadmill at nine or ten at night <laughs> you just fit it in when you can uh, I guess my so. least favorite is the 6 a.m swims I mean I love the 6 a.m swims my least favorite time is the 6 a.m but, <laughs> but I do it you, you love the 6 a.m swims when they finished yeah, I do. And I love being there because it's the team swim and it's it's every it's friends and it's the coaches and it's a lot of fun once you get there. But, oh, my goodness, 530 in the morning, you're thinking, is this a really good idea? <laughs> Sydney, what's what's been the biggest lesson that Ironman has taught you? Um, to, to listen to my coaches, to trust the training. Because when you step back, I mean, for me, when I stepped back and looked at 140.6 miles and I looked at swimming 2.4 and then, you know, if you just go out on a bike ride that's 100 miles, you think, oh, my gosh, could I really run a marathon after this? So 
to trust the training, trust the plan, and and to know that on race day everything that I've done is gonna is enough. So that's what what triathlon is or Ironman has taught me is that you can do it. Your body can do way more than you think it can. And I just I just never could fathom. I couldn't get my arms around the fact that your body could do that much. That is probably one of the biggest things that that uh, sort of novices and newbies need to, or, or really struggle and grapple with, is the the mental side of it. Because yes, it is a, a real physical challenge. And now that you've done a, a good few of these things now, too, you you know this that it's you, your your mind gives up long before your body does. That you you can do it. You just need to know and believe that you can do it. Exactly, because I before I tried it, I just. I mean, I had enough trust in my coaches and I also on our team, enough of the people that I trained with and knew were like, oh, yeah, you can do this. I mean, I just believed that somehow on race day that my body would pull this out, but I didn't see how it was going to happen. But I believed it. So, yeah, the training that you're doing doesn't always seem like, oh, my gosh, I don't think I could run another step after this. And but you can you 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 can. And once you've been around the sport for a while, you, you, you seem to forget what it was like coming in you and, and those sort of thoughts in your mind. And, and it's it's often you, you're only reminded when, when somebody who's not involved in the sport asks you what you do and you tell them and, and you get that look on their face and they, they tell you you're crazy. Exactly. Yeah, and, and because I'm still relatively new to the sport, like only having done it a little over a year, everything is still new to, to me and then doing two so close together. I mean, that's another first. Um, <laughs> And and I would I thought between Texas and Kona was was um, uh, close, and so I I was like everything is still new to me too, and I still keep just thinking okay, well people do it, and and I'm not going to give up. So, well you 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 talk about the races you've done. You've had a, a fairly interesting year. If you if you look at Texas and the the weather conditions in in Texas <laughs> in 2016 were were I don't even know the word to describe how incredible that was Kona was Kona uh, it was hot as always and uh, and Arizona was was also had its own challenges so so you haven't had the the easiest of races have you well luckily for me when I did Chattanooga in 2015 it was perfect day so my first <laughs> my first experience went really well <laughs> So you know it can happen. I would hate to see someone whose first experience was Texas. That was um, such an interesting situation. So, yeah, yeah that was uh, fun. The, the pictures from that run uh, were were phenomenal. I, I want to know was the run wetsuit legal? Uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to know too. At the time <laughs> when you're running in your ankles, there was no place that was dry. Even in the middle of the street, going up a hill, it's like water rushing down. I don't know that I've ever been in a real flood before. That's it was amazing, incredible. So, when did Kona first sort of pop up on your radar? Uh, obviously, you had thought of you had done the half and and you had done Chattanooga. When did you start thinking? You know what? This World Championship thing sounds like uh, sounds like it could be fun. Well, you know, I, I think that it's a little different when you're in a team, in a group like I am, because I have really great coaches and they get a lot of people to Kona. That's not unusual in our group. So everyone was talking about it way before I was talking about it or thinking about it. So my first one in Chattanooga, I placed third and just missed a Kona spot. There was two spots and I missed it by two minutes. And so they were, 
I mean, that put in my head that, you know, they, they kept thinking I could get Kona. Um, and it put in my head that, you know, that it was a possibility if I, if, if, it, if my day turned out right. So I started thinking about Kona only because other people were saying this is what you need to do, you know, and that you have this opportunity. So I didn't know how bad I wanted to get to Kona till I actually got there and found out how amazing that race is. It was so incredible. It's funny, the progression, and I love the the progression, particularly in your case, because I think it's because it's so almost compacted that, like you say, you've only been in the sport for just over a year where you, you almost qualified and then you did qualify and then you went and raced. And not only did you race, but you, you got a podium in Kona. You finished fourth in your age group. You've qualified again at Arizona. And I'm guessing you're not going back to Kona just to finish on the podium. You want to go back to finish on the top step of the podium. <laughs> you know, that's what's funny. I would say that you think like my coaches. Um, that's not an expectation I have. I my, More in my head is I want to go back and do the best that I can do for me and whatever it is on that day. Um, I would love to finish on the podium again, but I'll be a year older. And I will. what I will be pushing to do is do better you know try to improve what it is i do so i hope i hope that it works out well um the, the, yeah i don't know i don't know some of those people <laughs> the, the triathlon scene's very different to to the out and out marathoning scene uh i, I do both I, I love both groups of people but there's something special about triathletes do you sort of wish you had got into the sport sooner um well, no, I, I guess I've never really thought about that. Uh, I really loved marathoning, and I, I did very well there, too. I took fourth. My last marathon was a couple years ago, and I took fourth in Chicago, and that was a great day, too. In fact, I did that, though, with my triathlon coaches. I had the same coach then who coached me through that race. I really love marathons. In fact, I'm kind of thinking I don't want to give up Ironman or triathlon, but I really would like to do another marathon and, and get back there to get my speed back how incredible so, would it would it be to be able to do a marathon where you don't have to swim and, and and bike before it that's quite a quite a quite an interesting feeling that i'm sure yeah that's good but you know where my real uh goals lie is in trying to get my marathon time in my ironman better because i feel like that's probably the thing i need to work on the most is that i should be a runner and i don't feel like i'm i don't feel like i've been able to pull off the run that i should be able to do yet so that gives me something to work for that I am trying to figure out. Looking at your result in Kona, you, you, you seem to me to be a bit of a, an all-rounder. You, you're pretty solid in, in all three. I mean, you were 10th were in your age group out of the water. You were fourth off the bike and you finished fourth. So uh, pretty solid. I mean, would you say one is a lot weaker than the other? I know you said you had learned to swim, but you must be pretty comfortable in the water swimming the times you are. Yeah, I'm comfortable there, but I do need to improve that. Um, I was really happy with my swim in Arizona this last Sunday because it was just within a minute of my time in Kona, which was a good time for me, which tells me I'm getting more consistent. Um, I was not happy with my swim time in Texas because I swam an extra 500 or 400 yards, so that extra 10 minutes reflected that. So I'm still trying to get down to swimming straight, and what I am feeling is more confident and more comfortable in the water um, and more solid, but I still need to improve that speed. I need, I have work to do. What, what are you most proud of as far as your, your athletic career is concerned? What, what is, what, I'm sorry, I missed the question. What are you most proud of? 
most proud of? Well, I, um, oh, wow, I, I don't, I don't know that. I know of my favorites. I loved the, I, I mean, I've done Boston eight times and 2013 was a, a uh, you know, two, was a hard year, and 2014 was a great year. Uh, the Chicago Marathon was—I'm really proud of that one. And I, I guess getting to Kona and getting a Kona spot, and and then podium in Kona—I'm I'm pretty amazed by that. That I was able to get on the podium in Kona. Well, what's been your biggest athletic disappointment, and and what lessons did you learn from it? <laughs> well, I have to tell you, St. George Half Ironman, um, not this last year, but the year before when I did it, <laughs> it was hot. Uh, I got really bad cramps. I mean, I literally collapsed in front of the, the finish line and had to crawl across on my rear. Much of that my friend and I were laughing hysterically. My husband wanted to disown me. But, um, yeah, I, I managed to get across the finish line and pull off a fourth place in that one. And it was so awful. <laughs> And the, le- and the lessons learned from that, I think, uh, I mean, by the sounds of it with the cramping, uh, it might have been a nutrition issue, I'm guessing? Absolutely. Let me tell you, a whole lot of work went into the nutrition after that. That was a huge learning experience. So a lot of the nutrition, the drinking, the staying on top of the nutrition in the drinking, and yeah, big lesson there. I guess it's something we all have to learn at, at some stage in our, in our triathlon career, and, and unfortunately, some of us uh, learn it harder than others. Yeah, yeah. Glad I knew that before I got to Kona because this year was windy. <laughs> Sydney, what what do you still want to achieve in the sport? You you mentioned going back and 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 doing as well as you possibly can for you personally, but what do you what do you want to achieve still? Um. Well, I am focused right now on. I, I am signed up for another um, Ironman before Kona, so I want to you know learn and get some more experience from that. And I would like to have another great experience at Kona. And then from there, I haven't really thought about it. Uh, we'll see how that goes. And um, I might focus on halves for a while after that. And, and we'll just see. I don't know. Looking, I know I don't want to run another marathon. I know that. Well, looking at, at your build-up to Kona 2016 and, and knowing that you're going back now, is there anything you would change in, in the build-up second time round to, to what you did first time round? No, um, no. And I think it went, I think it, that I had a lot of great experiences there and I think that it worked well getting the experience before I went to Kona. So, yeah, I don't know that I would every, I'm not going to do this many Ironmans every year. I don't think that that, I think maybe more, a few more halves and only one full or something. Who's your biggest, who's your biggest inspiration? Who really fires you up? Hmm. Well, uh, I haven't really thought about that. I brought, that. That's I should know that, shouldn't I? Um, Miranda Caffrey, I love her because she's such a great runner. So I'm always amazed to watch her that how she can get off the bike and just and and run that pace. So and then Gwen Jorgensen, yeah, I think that they're just amazing athletes. I think so many of them are though. I just I'm in awe of all of them. And 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 what's I mean, you you look at you you mention those names and you look at the the top triathletes in the world. Describe to me what it's like sharing a course with them in in Kona, knowing that on the day you're there with the best athletes in the world, uh, fighting the same conditions, fighting the same wind, the same heat. Uh, it, it must be a pretty special feeling. 
It is. And what's really fun at Kona is when you get to see the the leaders coming back on the bike course, when you see how fast they're going, you actually get to see these people out on the course because of the way the bike course is. So that is really special getting to see them in person and seeing them race against each other, seeing who's in the lead and and then finishing up with the results, seeing how that pulled off for the end of the day. Yeah, that is very special. And knowing that they're out there racing the same course and that there's so many of them, of the people that you just see, um, it, it is really special. If you could go back and tell yourself, knowing what you know now, starting out your triathlon career, what would what would you tell yourself? Um, to listen to my coaches. To to just know, I would say one of my, you know, biggest things is that I don't have as much faith in myself as other people have in me. So just to make sure to listen to um, believe in it, that I can do it. Let's talk about the, the coaching side of things. There's, there's a lot of athletes who are self-coached. There are lots who, who have coaches. What, what's important to look for in a coach? What do you, what do you, what do you look for when, when you're looking for a coach? Well, you know, I started out with this group just because I was encouraged. This is how I got into triathlon, as a matter of fact. I never really said, oh, yeah, I think I'll switch over to triathlon. I started with a CompuTrainer class with in the wintertime with this group. Um, it's Balanced Art Multisport. It's our BAM group. And there was everybody there was into triathlon and, ha- and, and Ironmans that kind of got me thinking that way. So I, my coaches are the, in this team. So I knew I met them and knew them. So what I look for in a coach and what has worked well for me is if you find someone that you can communicate with. Because with my job, it's really, really demanding and they have to work around it a lot. So, but we still have to get the workouts in. So I would say with me, you have to find a coach that you can work with as a team and you need to listen to them. I don't second guess my coaches. I have too much to do at work and, and this is their job. They're really good at it. So I would say to find a good coach and then I would say to, you know, communicate with them and, and, and so that someone that you can have a good relationship with that you trust and that's what I do. I just I just trust that the training plan they give me is the right one, and then they work with me around my my job, and and that's what's been successful for me. Work wise, what do, what do you do for for a living, Sydney? I am the managing director of financial affairs at a college, so I'm over the accounting department and you know all of the budget and all of that. P- pretty stressful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's and and even more so at certain times of the year. It is, it is pretty stressful and it's very very busy. Is is triathlon a bit of an escape for you? Yeah, I would say that it is. That when you have things on your schedule and you know you have to do that, I would say that it is as an escape because there at that point in the day when you have to go do your workouts, your all your focus has to be on your workouts, and so that gives your mind a break from all the other things that you have to deal with in the day. Sydney, what's been the biggest struggle that you've had to overcome this year? Um, Just what we were talking about. The biggest struggle that I have to overcome is managing my time to between work and family and, um, and training. So fitting it in. I I think that's something lots of age groupers battle with. It's probably the question I get asked uh, the most. Have have you got any sort of 
hacks that you use essentially or, or 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 sort of things that you do that you think is is the way to go i mean are you very analytical when it comes to planning do you plan your week once a week do you sit down and go this is what what i need to do these are the sessions and they get done regardless how do you how do you how do you manage your calendar well i like i said i just go back to i just look at my training plan and that's up to my coach so I look at the a week in advance, you know, on Sunday, I'll get my training plan. So I look at my training plan and I make sure that all of the schedule works. And then if it doesn't, then I let my coach know that on a certain day that I have too much going on that I won't be able to do that um, maybe two full hour workouts or spend three hours that day. So she'll move it around to make it work with my work schedule. So I do sit down and I look at what she put out there and then I kind of work with her on on if that's going to work or not. Looking at uh, sort of dream races, obviously you've raced on the Big Island. You've raced uh, some of the iconic Ironman races in, in the U.S. What are, what are some of the other big races you'd like to do? Uh, are they U.S.-based, around the world? What, what, uh, what, what do you have your eye on? Well, you know, I would like to do some of those international races that I, I haven't chosen which one, So, but I know that that's in the back of my mind. The other one that I wanted to race is Santa Rosa, but it was called Vine Man, and I'm actually signed up for that one next year. So I'm really excited to be going to do that. It was uh, Vine Man was my first half two and a half years ago, so I'm really excited to get back there and and do the full. That was on my list, and then um, I haven't picked which European race, but I would love to go do. And and maybe one of the ones in Mexico. I'm really fond of beaches and warmth. Are you are you when it comes to choosing races, do you choose sort of courses that suit you? What are you strong at? Do you love the, the, the faster, flatter sort of courses or, or do you do you love the hillier ones? <laughs> okay, so what's funny is I'm not um, I should probably be much more analytical about those kinds of things. <laughs> I just but up to this point, you know, like I'm just so new to this. I signed up for the ones my coaches tell me to sign up. We go as a group. And that's what that's a lot of the fun of it for me. And that's what got me into it. And that's what keeps me here. And that's what keeps me challenged is that we have a really great team. And so when we go into races, there's usually quite a few of us. And so I kind of go with the pack. <laughs> we had seven of us in Kona. Wow. And that's that's incredible, and, and that's probably some great advice to somebody starting out in the sport too. Is is find like minded people to to hang out with because the sport can get very lonely, and and the races themselves are quite lonely when you're out there for a long time. You you very much in your head, and it's it's nice to be able to have a group of people who who get you and you get them. Absolutely, and and we have such a group of people that aren't racing will come and cheer, so you know you're going to have your cheer points along the and get some encouragement along that run where you need it so bad. And yeah, and I, I wouldn't do this sport. I would have never, without the social aspect, without the team, without the fun, without that. Because like you said, you brought up earlier, does it give you a chance to get out of your head? This is my fun. This is my entertainment. And, and it, the people make it so special. Yeah, that that they do, and I think that's a, a great point to to leave off, Sydney. Thank you so much for for sharing your story with us. I, I think it's going to inspire a lot of people, and uh, yeah, best of luck uh, in the build up to to Weimar next year and and Kona twenty seventeen. I think it's going to be a, a, another incredible race, and and I know you're going to go better than fourth. I, I can't wait to see what you do. Oh, thank you. I love your your faith in me. <laughs> Thanks so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Kona Edge. 
Don't forget to connect with us on social media. Simply search for The Kona Hitch. Oh, 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 oh